Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. I'm talking with women who share their experiences and what they've learned. We talk about where they're taking action, where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, and how they're using their God-given gifts to impact the world for Christ. Because every woman of God has a fierce calling, and everybody has a story. So, let's tell them to glorify God and share what we know. And I hope this podcast inspires, encourages, and challenges other women to step out of their doubt, into their fierce calling, and use their God-given gifts to impact the world for Christ. In today's episode, you have a place at Neighbor's Table. I'm talking with my friend, Sarah Harmeyer, from Neighbor's Table, a love mission. She is walking in her fierce calling by gathering people at her table. Little did she know that God had even bigger plans for Sarah's Neighbor's Table. He is continually expanding the borders of this love mission. God not only called Sarah to be a people gatherer, He encouraged her to find other people gatherers too. Maybe that's you, friend. I know you'll love what Neighbor's Table is all about. So listen in while I have a chat with Sarah Harmeyer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. And today I am excited to welcome my friend, Sarah Harmeyer. She is the founder and chief people gatherer of Neighbor's Table, a love mission. And besides being a people gatherer, I have heard she likes Twizzlers, and that is my favorite candy. Welcome to the show, Sarah. It's so great to have you. Hello, my Twizzler sister. I have no clue. (laughs) I know. Isn't that amazing? I saw that. I'm like, we have this connection. This is, this is amazing. So, you know, I'm kind of specific about my Twizzlers. I like them warmed on the dash of my car. So if anyone is like, oh no, Twizzlers, they taste like rubber. Try them on the dash of your car, especially in warm Dallas. They warm up just perfectly. (laughs) Okay. Well, being in Florida, I know that will work for me. And I'm a little particular as well. Mine have to be the strawberry flavor. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cherry is good, but you know, strawberry is my (laughs) go-to. That's awesome. So let's have a podcast about Twizzlers today. (laughs) We ought to do that. It's so amazing. So, and they go so great with popcorn too. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Yes. So, and you are all about loving on people, which I, I love the whole concept Mm. of neighbor's table and, you know, the people gathering and all about that. So I would love if you would share a little about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Yeah, thanks, Doris, for having me. You know, I'll go back to college. I did not know what I wanted to do with my life and what my calling really looked like. I knew what I liked to do, but I remember sitting with my college advisor and we were at that intersection where he was like, Sarah, we need to decide which major you're going to do. And I looked at Dr. Scott Duvall and I said, I wish I could major in love. I just want to love people. And you can imagine his look on his face, like, (laughs) what on earth are you talking about? That is not in the course catalog, Sarah, (laughs) you know? So I picked a major and went on about life, but God just has this way of writing our stories. We just can't veer from uh, when he's in it. So God has been in my story and it's a clumsy and windy story, but uh, I moved to Dallas in 2010 
for my full-time job. And at the time, I was fundraising for a children's hospital and I was planning events and that sort of thing. And I was in my young professional career, like many people are, and maybe your listeners are, where my identity really was wrapped up in what I do. Mm. And it was something I loved and I was passionate about, but I had a dear pastor friend of mine just have a conversation over the phone and he helped me realize that my identity was in my work and not in Christ. And he has just this lovingly brilliant way of kind of bringing things to the surface and bringing things to my attention. And I spent a few months with Eric and his wife over the phone. He lived in Atlanta at the time and I was new to Dallas and they just kind of helped reshift my identity back in Christ, really working from a place of rest where I wasn't striving. I was working hard still, but I just wasn't striving for my identity to be exalted because of work, you know? And from that time together, uh, he gave me just the spiritual gift test and, um, or it was more like a role we play in the church, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that came back and my role was an evangelist and evangelist still seems like a really big word Mm -hmm. for who I envision who an evangelist is and little old Sarah in Dallas, Texas. I just never thought of myself like that. And Eric said, Sarah, I want you to think about an evangelist, like a people gatherer. I want you to think about how you might share your faith in a really real way. And he was like, you love people. You love sharing your faith. You love doing it in a really natural, warm, inviting, whimsical way. I want you to think about how you might gather people in and outside the church. Well, Doris, I had no clue really what that meant. I didn't know, does that mean gather for Bible study, gather Mm -hmm. for what? And I thought back to the very best moments of my life and they have been around the table. So back after I finished college, I was in grad school and I had a little cafe out of my house, super illegally. I served lunch three days a week. It was hilarious, but it was the best year of my life. And I was like, Mm. I know there's something about that year that just, it just lit me up. You know, that when you're doing the thing that God made you to do, it just feels like all boosters are firing. And that's what it feels like for me when I gather people around the table. So uh, that came to me like over months of just praying and reflecting. And this was 2011 by this point. And I just set a goal to try to serve 500 people around a table in my backyard. And I have a small backyard. I was new to Dallas, but I asked my dad if he'd build this table for me big enough to seat 20 people. And I just wanted to be really intentional about doing that. And so one dinner party after another, I served people around this table and we had all kinds of meals from ordering pizza to filet mignon. Like it Mm -hmm. it was the gamut of things that we ate around that table, but it gave me this place to be able to love people and love people that were my neighbors who I was just meeting for the first time. It became friends of friends. Everyone knew anyone was welcome at this table. And it changed my life, Doris. I didn't think of pieces of lumber put together (laughs) by my own dad's hand. He had never built a table before. It could be so life-changing. But it became the place and kind of the home base for me 
to love people and be who God made me to be and really to pursue from a place of rest how to love people. And it's just become my story now. Uh, I've served about 3,500 people around that table now over the years. Um, I guess it's been eight years now and a year and a half in, uh, Eric called me one random day. He had been watching all this happen the last year and a half. And he said, Sierra, I think, I think God might have something outside your yard for you. And I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? Like, I could not think of anything sweeter than what was happening in my yard. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I just want you to pray about it. I don't, I don't know what it is either, you know, but I wonder if he has something. And months passed again, and I just was, I was actually sitting in a conference daydreaming and kind of doodling in my program. And that's when I started thinking about other people being wired just like me as a people gatherer. And I wondered if people needed a place like I did, a home base, if you will, another place in their yard or in their home uh, that they could love people. And so I wondered if dad would build tables for other people. So on a break that day at this conference, I called him and I was like, dad, would you be up for building tables for other people? And my dad had been retired for a while and was widowed and just kind of lost some purpose along the way. And he said, sure. I mean, neither one of us really knew what sure really was going to get us into. But uh, that day I even said, I know what we'll call you. We'll call you the chairman of the boards, dad. (laughs) And we laughed way too long about that. A few weeks later, I started calling it neighbor's table and I spell it with an apostrophe S because Mm -hmm. I think the table belongs to each individual person that sits there. And we say it's a love mission. So just wanting people to be really missional about the way that they love people. So I am now a business owner, which came out of me just pursuing who God made me to be. And I've been doing neighbor's table full time for three years this next week. And um, stepped away from that job that I love to pursue something that just feels so right to me as well. So I'm single and uh, never been married and don't have kids. And this is my greatest adventure right now. So it's, it's such a joy. So dad had built about 300 tables and I've hired someone just last year to join him in that. And so this guy, Steve, has picked up the baton, and he's running with it and making tables, and I deliver these tables all over the country myself, so it's a really inefficient way of doing business. Um, I literally load them all up in the truck, and I'll make several stops along the way and often have that first meal with people around this handcrafted table that we've made, so Neighbor's Table's been, it's been fun. And it's been a, a journey and excitement, but there is nothing better than chasing the calling God has for you. And as you say, the fierce calling that's in your bones, really, once you figure it out, it's just so fun. So I don't know if tables and hospitality is just super spiritual, like some people have the gift of wisdom or teaching, but I find it pretty simple and it's so fulfilling and I'm the first person that has been changed at this table and as I deliver tables and just engaging with people and learning from other people and and seeing what God has for me uh, even in the midst of all this. So it's a blast. 
Wow, that is so precious. And as I have said, I love everything about that. And even the special touches, first of all, your dad being the one to make the tables yep. and your first table and even how intentional you are about making sure there was that apostrophe in the word neighbors. That is amazing. <laughs> and I just, I love that seeing, you know, someone that is like you say, walking in what they were made to do. It's so encouraging. God was kind of like preparing your heart for what was to come. So you didn't really know what was coming. And then when your pastor with all this, prophetic insight of there is something more yeah. and just pray about this and you didn't even have a clue and then here you go and it starts kind of rolling out and yeah. I like how you said all boosters are firing <laughs> because I you know that is an amazing sweet spot to be in mm. when you are doing something that you know God has called you to do it just it just feels so right yeah. And that's a great way to describe it. You, like you just have this joy that just is overflowing. Mm. And I, I love that. And I also love that you personally deliver these tables. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to do that. But it is, I can't imagine shipping tables or sending them out with someone else. I mean, the whole thing has always been about people to me. So yeah. to not have that interaction, I'm the one answering emails when people inquire about a table. It's me, it's not someone else. And mm -hmm. I'm involved in every step of the way. So it's really a joy. And I, I know a little bit about people before I show up, but it's truly like God is just gathering these remarkable people across the country. And sparking something in their heart like my heart was sparked as well and it's like just pulling up to my people <laughs> like yeah they're like me and they're beautiful and unique and they all gather in unique ways it's just so fun to meet people so I can't imagine not doing that but I've yeah. got some wonderful memories and adventures because I do that so yeah it's yeah. amazing because it's like, you know, the word says that God expands your borders or, you know, that kind of thing. He's expanded your tables all over. Like your yeah. table has expanded to all these other tables and they're, they're like all really connected. It's not like they're yeah. all these separate tables all over because of the personal mm -hmm. touch and love that you put into it. It's yeah. like your table has just grown yeah. and I, I love that you bring it to the people. Yeah. <laughs> And they're the people you connect with. Yes. Well, I think it's God's grace that even anyone outside my own neighborhood knows about neighbor's table or my yeah. table or anything. So the word just spreads and God just takes, you know, a little bitty seed and, and spreads mm -hmm. it far and wide. So the last couple of months, I've made it all the way over to Vermont, all up the East Coast. And I just returned a couple of weeks ago from the West Coast. I made it all the way up to Spokane, Washington. And we're in, I think, 36 states now with our tables. And that's what I say. You, you nailed it, Doris. Like, everyone is connected in a way. When I deliver these tables, and if I say a few remarks before gathering people or something, I'll say, there are people just like you across this country in their community, in their neighborhood, in their yard that are, are working to love the people around them the best they can. 
just the people to the left and right of them. For some people, that's their family members. Mm -hmm. Some, that's their neighbors. Some, it's the people he works with at his office or she teaches with or the kids in, you know, the classes at school together or whatever. And it's just, it's beautiful to, to know we're all sitting around the same same table that started, you know, in my backyard. So. Yeah. yeah. And what's really, really precious and amazing is that God sees all of that going on when it's going on. Like he can look yep. over the whole United States. It gets like, I'm getting chills. You know, he could look over the whole United States and see all the gatherings going on. Yeah. And of course they're different time zones. So you know, like yeah. Yeah. California will be eating a lo- about three hours later than like the East yes. Coast. But it's, it's just amazing to think about that. And I've read your blog posts, things that you've put on there about stories and all of that. And you shared the scripture, the first Thessalonians 5, 24, that says the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. And it just goes right along with your love mission. And it's amazing too, because I just attended a women's conference. It was virtual, of mm-hmm. course. And that was a theme verse that they had. Oh, awesome. And it just, it's like, you know, God is going to be faithful to equip you and provide and whatever is needed to allow you to fulfill his purposes and plans for you, for his glory. So that's right. Yeah. That's awesome. He, he is faithful. And I think I continue to see that and I continue to experience that, you know, from the very beginning stages where this was just something on the side we did. And, and now even into these days of coronavirus and seeing God being faithful, even in this uncertain time with business and how people are still drawn to the table and still want to eat outside. And he just, he has been faithful and that's exactly exactly what i say and you know doris it's so wild when we can lead and when we can follow our calling from a place of rest it feels so different Mm. and i bet people probably would do this business so many different ways but i tell you this has been more of like a chess match for me like it's just very thoughtful and it's slow and I'm in this for like the long haul. Some people are like playing tennis matches and are quick to hit the ball back over the net and it's coming again. And that has not been my speed with this. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I know that I'm a people gatherer. I know I want to share my faith. I know I want to gather people and I want to do that the rest of my life. So how can my life be sustainable and how can God be faithful in the way and the things that I choose to do with it? So I had to learn that. It, I, was, I was not in that place a decade ago. So um, it has been fun. It's been really fun to see God be faithful with so many things. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Looney Tune. I mean, when it comes to <laughs> business and knowing how to do that you know Mm -hmm. now I've got really great people around me that are supporting the things that I'm not as strong at but yeah he's been good you know I love how you were saying that you're living at your calling from a place of rest Mm -hmm. because often the rest eludes us and it's something that we don't really think about and don't engage in when it's something that God has taught us himself that it's so important and 
you know, if you're going to get burned out, even if you're doing something that you love, if you're going to get burned out doing it, it's not going to be effective and it's not going to bless others or yourself, you know? So I love that. It's just, it's restful and, and that it ends up breaking bread with people. Yeah. It's neighbor's table is a ton of work. I mean, people think we just show up at the table and like in a snap that's been made and it's a ton of work, but not necessarily even just rest, like being a restful person. It's Mm. even deeper than that. And spiritually speaking, it is like truly being at rest and that God is going to do his thing. Mm. And, and I can be hands and I can be feed and I can put a plate of food in front of someone and God can get the glory for that. But even just in the way that we gather from a place of rest, it looks so different. And I know as women, and as your listeners think about this, like when we make our gatherings to glorify God and Mm -hmm. to be about people, people notice that there's a difference there. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say we can't make a beautiful table or, you know, put a lot of time into our food spread or, you know, being Southern women, like we love our, our China and all of our things. God still gets glory in that. But when we focus everything into that and not about asking him to be present at the table Mm. um, and striving to impress and striving to make sure everyone is perfectly comfortable without leaving space for God to do that, Mm. it's different. And I think I gather differently now after learning that back in 2011, you know, so I, I catch myself though. There's been plenty of times that I'm like, whoa, I am like way caught up in the way (laughs) things are feeling and going and Mm -hmm. all of that. And, um, it's easy to do. So my prayer is that I could, could do that from a place of rest. So I'm still learning as well. Thank you for sharing and explaining all of that and, you know, how the rest is deeper than just you know, laying on the couch or whatever. Cause, yes. cause yeah, I imagine that a lot goes into this prayer and all the other preparations and plans and, and, and coordinating and all of that. And when these meals take place, people might say, well, I don't have a gift of this or that, but you'll have people around the table that will have these different gifts, right? So yeah. you have the gift of making people feel included like loved and included and there is a gift and an art to being able to make sure everybody is drawn into a conversation but have you experienced too that some of your people gatherers are also at the table kind of helping with all of that happening with God you know and all yeah I try to I try to set the scene uh early on so even just being ready for people, you know, you hear that plan ahead. So you're not running around pulling things out of the oven that happens still sometimes, but really making the party about people changes things. So most people I just send down the driveway and they come around to the back and I'm there to bear hug them. This is all before COVID. I don't know how I'm going to do this after (laughs) COVID, but like I'd hug them. And if I didn't know them, I'd make sure I introduced myself that I live here. And Mm -hmm. so I'm so happy you're here and connecting them with someone else, get a drink in their hand, like just as fast as we can connect with others. Mm -hmm. And then I actually will pull something together a little more formal once everyone gets there and we'll just circle up and 
I've done this, Doris, from the very beginning. I have always gone around and introduced everyone um, by name mm -hmm. and then shared a little something about them that I love. And it's funny, the people that are there for the first time, they're like, oh my gosh, is she going to remember my name <laughs> or anything that we talked about? But it's so fun to surprise them and, and remember their name. And mm -hmm. I used to work in junior high ministry and adults get as giddy as junior high kids if you remember their name like yes it's so important that we see each other and that we acknowledge each other so part of that practice is helping people sit down confidently at the table like I assign seats and I have a little place card I'm very thoughtful and prayerful about who might enjoy sitting by who or who might need a little more help if they're more introverted or shy or something like that but I tell them like this is not the junior high cafeteria. I have literally prepared a place for you. Like I've got a spot just for you. I've been thinking about you all day. I mean, these are things that I say. And then I invite people in to be a part of that experience together. And I say, I know I'm the hostess, but like, what if we all tonight created what we wanted for the evening? So if you see water glasses low, like jump up and serve water. If you want to help bring plates out or bring dessert out or load the dishwasher. I always <laughs> add that one in. Yeah. Um, I say, let's do it. Let's just do it together. And I actually have these table tokens on my website that um, have little jobs like that to help people that might not be as comfortable as I am about inviting people into that mm. because I want people to feel like everybody's in. So they've got a little job give a toast or clear plates, load dishwasher, those kind of things on them. So I also just kind of give a few things. Like I hope that we would do more listening than talking tonight, which kind of shifts people's perspective of like, oh, I want to hear what other people around me are up to or what they're learning or what's meaningful to them. And it gives a place of respect for people at the table. I have people from all walks of life around my table. And not everyone shares the same faith, not everyone's the same race, like so many differences. So I know that's a scary thing, walking into someone's yard that you might not know, or you might not know is a safe place. And I wanna communicate that as best as I can early on. So I actually ask if I can pray. I genuinely look around and say, would this be okay if I, if I said a prayer? And I've never had anyone turn me down, I pray and invite God to be at our table and then I have everyone grab a seat. And part of that is like you said, like wanting people to feel like they're a part of something. You know, that's one thing that I've learned from the coronavirus is just us being at home. Like we have this need for connection. Like we, we are longing to be with people to be known to just connect and so we do that the best we can online but there is nothing like sitting elbow to elbow with people and saying hey will you pass the mashed potatoes like it's just this interaction of family you know mm -hmm. I know not everyone grew up maybe with good memories around the table as a family mm -hmm. but those that did you know that feeling and those memories and those moments that happen yeah. at the table and it feels a little old fashioned sometimes to slow down, put our phones away and actually be present with each other. And there's been some long lingering at my table and I absolutely love it. So mm -hmm. 
it still gives me the same joy as when I started. It really does. So that is so evident. (laughs) That's really evident. And, you know, it is amazing too, because it's so beautiful how you're giving this experience. The Lord is really through you, Mm -hmm. this experience and all of your other people gathers around all around the country, something that maybe someone hasn't experienced before. Maybe Mm -hmm. like you said, they didn't grow up gathered around a table. Maybe they didn't grow up in a family that was loving or welcoming or, you know, wanted to even listen to anything they had to say. And it's just giving someone a connection to family. And, you know, and, and in that they see Jesus in you and through you, and you don't necessarily have this agenda when people come like, okay, now we're going to do a Bible study. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just, they go, wow, Sarah, what is, what is it about you? You know? And so, yeah, that, that's amazing. Yeah. That's- Lord willing people would, would sense that. And mm-hmm. um, I'm very laid back uh, when it comes to a lot of things and, I want this to feel like my home. You know, in Spanish, we say, mi casa es su casa. My house is your house. And I truly feel that way. And I want people to feel comfortable at my table. And my backyard is far from perfect. My chain link fence has holes in it. I've got cracks in my driveway. The grass is sort of green out there right now. Like, it's it's kind of a mess. But that's kind of how we are, too. Yeah. got to be in it with people. So yeah, it's really fun. I think I've said it's really fun a million times on this podcast. Well, it (laughs) is. It's really fun. (laughs) So cool too, how you were talking about, because I was going to ask you about the table tokens and you were talking about that because it is important to be able to make people feel like they're a part of something. And that that's cool because there are times when maybe you go to an event or you go somewhere and you want to help, but you don't know what you're supposed to do or you, You know, like you said, there's such a mix probably of personalities and introverted, extroverted. And so like how you brought that up and you were talking about, you know, how sometimes we need to be a little bit more intentional with people and make sure that we can maybe seat them near someone they would be able to converse with well, or they might have something in common. It's funny how people will take that token seriously. They're like, no, I'm clearing plates. It's on my token. It's my job, guys. Sit down. Let me do it. You know, it's hilarious. So, Yeah, I love that. And I just can't wait to hear all about what happens with Neighbors Table in the future. And, you know, that your goal for 2020, what is to have a table in every state, right? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Coronavirus <laughs> threw us a twist. <laughs> yeah. It's been a little bit of a weird year that never was. I kind of think. Yes. I know oh, what that goal is. It just really is like we were talking earlier, like mm-hmm. just thinking about a map, knowing that God is seeing this love happen. I, I think there's not a better time than right now to be yeah. loving the people around us. So yeah. that's what that goal was in my mind is just thinking about people in communities everywhere across the map. Does it make a big difference if we're, you know, in every community? No, but it's exciting to me to see that map spread and and people in different places. And it's great. I'm going to Houston next week and we have so many tables in Houston. It's like saturated. It's beautiful. 
And I thought of like six families within a three mile radius from where I'm delivering that could easily come over and help welcome them to the neighbor's table family. And like, that's just joyful to me to think about people. I mean, that's, that's where you get into having like progressive dinners where people can go from table to table and you only have to drive a little ways. That's just fun to me. So, um, no, we're, we're in new States, you know, every year. So that's great. It's fun. Yeah. And that is a good goal to have because really when you know that you have neighbors tables in every state, it's not necessarily just, we've got a table in every state. It's we've got people gathering in all these states yeah. and it makes people intentional about it and being able to love our neighbor. Yeah. That's really yeah. what God has called us all to do. Yeah, it's so encouraging to me. You know, most everyone is a natural people gatherer that I meet. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about driving into the most wonderful homes. Like people have got snacks for me and gifts for the road. I mean, they're just like <laughs> the most loving people ever. But I also visit with people that want to do that. They have a desire to love their neighbors and they have a desire to gather more than they, than they have been. Yeah. I remember delivering a table down these farm roads in Indiana, and this was in the fall, and they had this old, old barn, and when I got there, we unloaded two tables for them, and we were going to have a brunch together, and she says, now what? And I was like, what do you mean, now what? <laughs> she says, I'm scared to death to invite my neighbors. What do I do? I figured if I got the table, it would give me some some motivation to invite them. Now what do I do? <laughs> I just... <laughs> absolutely love that and I still stay in touch with Rebecca and she got over that real quick and she's invited neighbors over and over and over again and that little barn has become this magical place for connection and beauty and it just took a yes you know she knew she wanted to do that she just she didn't know how and so part of that is getting to walk alongside people you know we were saying how God must be leaning over the balcony of heaven, just seeing all this fun happen across the country. Yeah. In a small way, I get texts and emails from people all week long of people gathering. And so I sometimes get a glimpse of that as well, which is just, again, the small nature of what we do, but it's, it's so fun. That's so. awesome. Yeah. I love that, you know, kind of, okay, I'm going to step out and get a table yeah. And then figure out what I'm supposed to do, you know, and yes. then it all kind of flows. I just well, like, it's a bit, it's a bigger picture for what God does. I think with our yeses, yeah. Know? This yeah. isn't really about a table, but it's so beautiful to see people just step out and trust God that He's got something and He's calling us towards something, you know. Yeah, so it's cool. Yeah, and and you are also like you're a people gatherer and disciple maker because. Mm. You know, many of the people I'm sure, maybe, uh, you know, not all of them, but many have a heart for the Lord and for loving people. And you just, you just don't know what God will do with that and multiply. He just, it does the increase. So that's so amazing. So Sarah, I'm sure my listeners are going, where can I get more information about this? So how can they connect with you? Yeah. Probably the website would probably be the easiest place, Mm -hmm. neighborstable.com. There you can see pictures and videos, and we've got those table tokens on sale there. There's actually a whole whole page about tables, 
And if you're interested in a table, you just shoot me a little note and it's me responding and I'd be happy to dialogue or hear your story, whatever you want to send me a joke. I'm open for jokes. Too. <laughs> um, but that all happens on my website. I love Instagram. It's mm -hmm. neighbor's table at Instagram as well. And we're on Facebook and not very often on Twitter, <laughs> but <laughs> it's neighbor's table across, across the board. So I'd love to connect with your listeners and just say a quick, Hey, fantastic. Yeah. And I'll put all those in the show notes and Instagram just seems like the perfect platform for neighbor's table, you know, with all the, the pictures and everything. It, it does give a good visual of getting to share some pictures. So yeah. I love that Sarah. Well, I am so glad that you were able to come on. I've been looking forward to this. Well, just thanks for your fierce calling and what you're doing with your podcast and reaching people for Christ. It's awesome. Oh, well, thank you. And may the Lord continue to abundantly bless you, your ministry, and all the neighbor's tables all over the country. Well, you've always got a seat at my table if you find yourself in Dallas. So. Oh, thank, thank you, you, friend. I just look forward to connecting with you again and maybe having you on again sometime. Thanks, Doris. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening today. I love everything about Neighbors Table, and after listening to this episode, I'm thinking you do too. I am in awe of what God does and how He reveals our fierce calling at just the right time. I also love that Sarah is a people gatherer, and God had her start right where she was, in her own backyard. What is God calling you to do, friend? Our fierce calling begins with a prayer said, a seed planted, and a dream that grows into something wonderful, something beyond what we can ask or imagine. I love the scripture mentioned in the show. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 Friend, the one who calls us is faithful. When we answer his call on our lives, we can trust him and follow where he leads us. I love how Sarah said she is walking in her calling out of a place of rest in him. And I know her guests can sense it. Sarah greets her guests with a genuine love of Christ and makes them feel welcome. Remember in the show how we learned she tells each guest, I've prepared a place for you? Being missional is loving like Jesus, who said to us, My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. John 14, 2 and 3. Is God calling you to join the Neighbors Table family? You can connect with Sarah Harmeyer at NeighborsTable.com and find Neighbors Table on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'd also love to stay connected. So I would appreciate it if you would rate this podcast, share it, and maybe leave a comment. You can also subscribe anywhere where you listen to podcasts. That helps more people find it. I'd also love you to check out DarisWift.com and hang out for a while. You'll find the free resources on my website. And if you need help sharing your faith with others, you can join my email list and receive my free resource, Simple Tips for Sharing Your Faith. It's all free. Look out for my monthly newsletter as well. I'd also love you to check out some of my past blog posts and listen to some previous podcast episodes. All in one place, DarisWift.com. 
I hope you join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.